Hello everybody and welcome back to Synergize This. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about GPP, hybrid training, concurrent training, whatever you want to call it, why I think it is the way to go for the majority of us and why it has been the way to go for a long time. I want to introduce you into that and kind of get you on board and understanding why it is so good. And also affirmations. Are affirmations just a placebo? Do they work because we affirm or do we need to stack proof in conjunction with what we say so we can actually believe it? Now, before we start, a word from our sponsor. I actually don't have a sponsor. If anyone wants to sponsor me, uh, Gymshark, I really need some new gym clothes. Everything I have is black. But honestly, what I want to talk about is my three-day elite program. It is currently for free for at least another five days using the code synergize this at checkout you'll get three days of hybrid training gpp there's so many ways that you can scale the training but it's completely up to you this will get you fitter this will get you stronger and this will get you in the shape that you want to be in you look good naked and you'll move much better and you'll also have a lot more confidence so try it out there are a lot of scaling options in there and a lot of alternatives just in case you don't have the equipment or you can't do the exercise, you can scale, you can regress or progress. It is completely up to you, but give it a try and let me know how you go. All right, let's get into it. Hello. How's everyone doing today, tonight? I don't know what time you're listening to this. I've got to find like a, a neutral, um, oh, maybe g'day is a, is a good one, but you can't say like, night. I've got to find something more neutral than just a good morning or good day or good night. Just a hi, probably suffice for now. Today, I want to talk about hybrid training. This is something that I've been getting into for the last probably year and a half, but I've really been dipping my toes in. Oh, actually, my, my whole head's in the water. I'm, I'm pretty much drowning in GPP and hybrid training. I'm really into it, especially after High Rocks and seeing the level that some of these people are at, especially seeing the muscle mass that these people carry and they can still run ridiculous paces for a K. Some guys were running probably a kilometer in about three minutes 30, which is a pretty good pace uh, if you're a runner. But then you look at the sheer size of some of these guys and it's you, you can't fathom like how they're able to do this. And then you look at the CrossFit games and you see the size of some of these women and men who are being absolutely destroyed by a sheer volume and they have no idea what they're up for until they get to the to the game. So they're pretty much ready for anything. So that's basically GPP. GPP prepares you for everything and anything all year round, just in case. If there's a robbery, GPP, you prepare. In case there's uh, a fire in your house or there's a flooding, you're going to be, I don't know, you're just GPP, you're prepared. You're prepared for anything. It's like a Swiss army knife of training. Now, we're obviously going to talk the nitty gritty of GPP and why it's so good, but it's also called hybrid training or some people might understand that as concurrent training, people that are into sports science and are PTs, but let's just call it hybrid training for today. Just something right in between GPP and concurrent training. Hybrid training is essentially having a program or training, I'm not going to say like an athlete, but training all types of qualities that you're not having any diminishing aspects or diminishing returns. You're not always chasing something because you're always maintaining and you're building on that. What a lot of programming was 
especially like in the ex-Soviet days of the block periodization, you'd have specific blocks of training. And by blocks of training, I mean you might have four to six weeks of trying to build muscle. Then after those four to six weeks, you might have four to six weeks of trying to build strength. Then after that, you have four to six weeks of trying to express that strength as power. Then you might have some kind of speed, uh, velocity training or exposing yourself to lighter weights faster and then you go back and you repeat. Now, this did work because uh, a lot of PED abuse and at the same time, this was literally people's livelihoods. You had huge gyms where the number two in the world was training next to the number one, number three and so on and so on. So you're in this environment where you're training five, six, seven hours a day and you're heavily geared up, we tend to forget that that had such a huge influence on the success of these athletes that it took the Americans quite a few years before they realized like, oh, probably, yes, the training was one, but the sheer amount of uh, steroid abuse was another thing. And obviously the hours and the environment. Because they were athletes, everything was so regimented and these blocks did work. The issue is when you take these blocks and you give them to everyday people, for all of us, I'm going to say most of us, but pretty much all of us listening to this podcast, especially we are not professional athletes. We have jobs, we have relationships, we have friends, we have our own personal lives, our social lives. We have so many things around us where training isn't going to be number one, number two, probably not even in our top five, if we're being honest. For some of us, obviously training is higher in that list. For most of us, it's probably not in our top five. It might be, but it's mostly just to keep ourselves fit healthy and happy. What happens is when you introduce block periodization to an average everyday Joe, let's say Susan, oh, Susan's such a cliche name. Let's say Susan who works in marketing. Susan works from home five days a week. If she does a six week block of hypertrophy, just in case Susan gets sick or something happens in Susan's life where work comes first or something's happened with the family, there's some kind of personal issues that have gotten in the way of her training and obviously if her training is not number one number two not even top five that's going to take not even the backseat it's going to be the boot of the car susan might end up missing two three weeks or sessions here and there so that block that you've scheduled and planned you won't have squeezed as much juice out of your orange as possible going into your next block so you're already going into the next block with a bit of a handicap you're probably thinking like where the fuck is this guy going with this let me let me just explain it in a short way. Shit happens. Our lives are so unpredictable. Humans are unpredictable. Our condition, the human condition is unpredictable. So things just happen. Shit happens. So having this kind of regimented block of training just doesn't work for most of us, if not all of us. Okay, I don't want to say all of us. I want to say, what about me? All right, most of us. Okay. Instead of having these blocks... What we do in our hybrid training or GPP, if you have a good coach or a good program, we do something called vertical integration. We put all these qualities in the training. So you're working on power, you're working on speed, you're working on hypertrophy, you're working on all these qualities all year round. So if you do miss a week, it's all right. If you do miss a month, it's all right. It's still always in there. Now I'm going to circle back to more about hybrid training and why it's so good. I went on a tangent about uh, the way we structure the training. In hybrid training, it's you're looking at all these top qualities. You're working on building muscle. You're working on getting stronger. And you're working on expressing your strength with some speed. So be able to move your body in a faster way. 
at the same time, we also look at being able to have much more expression of movement, exposing our bodies to different types of movement, hitting all three planes, not just being able to go up and down. We can also go left, right, rotate, so many different expressions of movement. So we can have this expression of movement that a lot of the training that we're probably used to gives us this rigidity, which makes us feel stiff. So if you do have a bodybuilding program, you you do find that most bodybuilders are essentially stiffer because of uh, the lack of expression in movement. Same as powerlifters, because powerlifters are always, if you look at your hands right now, if you turn them so your palms are facing down, that's the way you grab a bar when you deadlift or when you bench or even when you squat when it's on your back or even when you're pulling from any machine, you are always in this pronated position. So you're always internally rotating your shoulders. That's why you see a lot of powerlifters have this kind of slouched shoulder look because they're always internally rotated. The majority, if not all of their training is in this position. So you're having so much load and weight, maximum load and weight in these positions. What ends up happening is you become internally rotated and you struggle to express any type of external rotation. So pulling your palms up and kind of pulling your shoulders out. So getting even that for most uh, powerlifters to even do a chin up, they, they struggle to get their arms above their heads, especially the big guys. So I'm not hating on bodybuilding. I'm not hating on powerlifting. But what GPP or hybrid training, like I said, I want to call it hybrid training, sorry. Hybrid training, what it does is it uses aspects of bodybuilding. It uses aspects of powerlifting. It uses aspects of plyometrics and jumping and even gymnastics, running, uh, CrossFit. It uses all these things to give you the best bang for your buck program. It's like the por que no los dos of training. Why can't we have both? When you become too hyper-focused on either becoming really strong or really fit, you will lose the other. When you're training in the gym, Yes, you are getting fitter. Let's say if you're training with weights, yes, you are getting fitter, but you're not actually improving the capacity at which your heart pumps blood through the body. So you're not getting fitter cardio-wise. And when you're obviously doing cardio, that's not making you stronger. So it's you have to have both if you really want to have, I don't want to say peak fitness, but if you want overall quality of life, strength and cardio, you have to do both of them. You made it sound really hard, Sin. I surely can't do this. Well, no. I probably made it sound like it's some crazy athlete program, but the barrier to entry to this is actually quite low, especially if your program has been done well. In a good program, there will be scaling. There'll be ways to regress and make it easier, and there'll be ways to progress and make it harder, depending on your ability. Now, the good thing about running and cardio is you don't have to run a marathon. You don't have to run half a, even 10Ks, even 5Ks. You can run 1K, see how you go for time, and look at improving that time by doing zone two cardio. Now, for most of us that don't know about zone two cardio, all the, the trainers that actually uh, enjoy training and care about training would and should know about zone two training. This is how you get fit. I spent many years, especially for preseason training for football, just running hard 5Ks, hard 10Ks, trying to get fit. And what would happen is I would be completely gassed afterwards and out of breath, but my fitness would take a while to build up. That's why in every first preseason game of football, 
every player was completely stuffed because our training was run hard and run hard into the ground. It wasn't really structured. Only now are we starting to structure training and realize that running slower for longer, as counterintuitive as it sounds, actually makes you run faster for longer. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, but it works. So everyone can do zone two training. You don't need to measure your heart rate. The best way to do it is if you can breathe in and out through your nose the whole time, because most people can. Some people can't because of issues with their septum or their nose. So then I say, can you hold a conversational pace? Obviously, you don't want to be that person talking to themselves in the gym, but it is what it is. Or be at an uncomfortable, comfortable pace. So it's not easy. It's not like you're walking your dog and you're not running. You're just in between. It's like an uncomfortable, comfortable. You can sustain it for a long period of time, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour plus. Start low, work your way up. So with the conditioning stuff, it's a low barrier to entry. Same with the weight stuff, low barrier to entry. Anything in the gym is a low barrier to entry if there is regression and progression. And look, progressing doesn't always have to look like adding more weight. There are many other ways to progress. Now, how many days a week should you do a hybrid training program? Most hybrid training programs, probably four days a week is what I see most commonly used. It's probably the best because if you do miss a day, you still get three days in. And it is a full body split. I just love full body splits because I can, I can just go really hard. I've been down the bodybuilding programming, the push-pull legs, upper-lower splits. Again, it really depends what is going to get you into the gym. And I know soreness is actually a big factor for most people when they're really sore after a training session, it deters them from coming into the gym because they feel or think that they're continuously going to have that feeling. And for us masochists, the ones that have trained for so long and have belted their body, we understand that it's kind of a good feeling and that will pass. But if you're new to the gym, you're going to get DOMS regardless of what you do. When you come into the gym and you do a session, especially a hard session, you are going to feel sore. Your body will adapt over time. The thing about a full body day is you probably have general soreness. You won't have the debilitating doms where you can't even you know sit in your toilet to take a crap or walk down the stairs or get in your car or even like put a shirt over you because you're so sore that kind of debilitating doms really scares people from training so good thing about full body is you're getting volume throughout your upper and lower your full body so you don't feel too sore the next time you train again and it's completely up to you how hard you want to go i just love it i love it it's been around for a while but now, because of the craze around it, it's becoming much more refined and the programming has become top tier level. So everyone's getting on board. And look, if you never try, you never know. So give it a crack. You might fall in love with it. On to our next topic, affirmations. I am strong. I am smart. I am beautiful. I am rich. I wholeheartedly believe in affirmations and affirming certain beliefs it's almost like a pep talk, right? You're pep talking yourself, almost like wishing these things or talking these things into existence, into the universe. But where I draw the line is if if all you're doing is affirming, affirming and affirming just affirmations of being rich, being smart, being fit, and you're not putting in any work to stack proof that you are becoming what you say you want to become, then there's no point. I do understand the whole placebo effect of affirming and, it, and affirmations do actually work in terms of speaking to yourself in a better way. But when it comes to things that require a lot of work, 
affirmations on their own aren't going to do shit. If you're sitting at home and you're unhappy and unhealthy and let's say you want to lose weight and you, you say to yourself, you know what, I'm not, I'm not big, I'm not obese, I am fit, I am healthy, I am fit, I am healthy. You can say that till your tongue falls off, you're not going to be fit and healthy because you're not actually putting any work in and you're not affirming by doing, by actions, you're not stacking any proof to affirm to yourself in the physical realm that you are fit and healthy. Maybe over time by telling yourself a million times, you'll actually believe it, but that's when you become delusional. You are not fit and healthy, you just believe you're fit and healthy. I've been down a rabbit hole of affirmations, and I'll give you an example. When I would play football, I would affirm to myself that I'm a good player, I'm going to score goals, I'm going to have a good game, and what I realized that it does help. There is a placebo effect because you are working more on the mental side of the game. Let's say if I'm using the game, for example, I'm mentally affirming myself that I am good enough, that I am capable of these things. But if I don't have the practice and the groundwork that I put in previously, then that doesn't really matter. If I don't go and practice shooting, if I don't go and practice my technique, or if I don't even go to soccer training with the team and I don't affirm to myself via actions in the training. When it comes to the game, I can affirm to myself so much and create these affirmations of a positive thinking and I'm going to do well. It's not going to be enough. If we look at the professional athletes, yes, they do meditate. Yes, they do visualize. But these guys and girls have done these movements thousands of times, thousands of times. That is what confidence is. And I think what we tend to mix up with affirmations is they're going to build some kind of self-confidence in us. But my opinion of self-confidence is, yes, you can have self-confidence in yourself and believe in yourself. But if you don't have the deep underlying foundations of that belief where you haven't put in the work behind closed doors, if you haven't affirmed to yourself in the physical realm that you're doing these things, that you actually, let's say, for example, if you're trying to be fit and healthy, that you're eating the right food, that you're training if you're not doing that stuff, but you're talking to yourself like you are, deep down, you know the truth. You can be delusional as much as you want, but deep down, you know you haven't put in the reps. So that affirmation counts for nothing. It's just going to be you just talking shit to yourself, essentially. So I know it sounds rude and it sounds harsh, and I fully believe in affirmations and pep talking and talking to yourself in a positive way. But Again, there is the physical and the mental. I understand the whole spiritual stuff. We're not going to get into that stuff. I don't want to get into that stuff right now. But there is the physical and the mental aspect of your being. If you are mentally strong and you mentally reaffirm and you mentally talk to yourself in a positive way, more or less, you've put in the physical work. You've put in the effort in the physical realm to be able to have those affirmations to then give you that edge. Because once you've done the reps, but you are lacking the mental edge, you bring yourself back to baseline and reaffirm to yourself that I have done the work and I am this. But if you have not done the work and there is no physical, when your brain and your psychological part of everything goes, to, goes astray, you bring yourself back. You have nothing to bring yourself back to. You can't say, I am confident. I am uh, fit and healthy because you haven't actually done anything before that in the physical realm to stack proof and create backup to when you mentally stray aside 
And then you need to bring yourself back to baseline with your affirmations. So affirmations don't count for shit if you haven't put in the work. I'm sorry, that's just how it is. So have affirmations if you put in the work. If you haven't put in the work, forget about the affirmations. Go back to the root cause because you know what? It's one of those things where it's like the magic pill or the best program or the six-minute abs. And I had one of those six-minute ab things when I was like 12. I got it from my mate and did jack shit, just freaking zapped the shit out of me on my stomach. It was like, you put this gel on and just, ah, anyway. That didn't give me abs, right? It said it was going to give me abs and give me shit. I could have that on for every day. It's not going to give me shit. The base of getting abs is working hard and eating well. So I think affirmations are almost a kind of a get out of jail free card for most people where they're like, you know what? I know that there's everyone saying I need to work hard and I need to do this and I need to do this, but it's so difficult. Why don't I just wish this shit into existence? And guess what? It doesn't work that way. People need to get slapped in the face because affirmations are good when you have some kind of foundation backing up your words. If you don't have that, your fucking building is going to collapse very fast. All right? So before you affirm to yourself and you give yourself words of love, which I think you should give every day, back it up with physical evidence. Stack proof. Now, a big caveat to this, what I think people should do every day and what I actually want you to do every day, this is something that you should do daily, is talk to yourself nicely. So be nice to yourself. Say that you are a good person. Say that you are kind. This is These are things that are non-negotiables for myself and my clients and my friends is to talk good about yourself and be nice to yourself, to plant these positive seeds what I'm speaking about in terms of affirmations is when you have a specific goal, goals take work. You understanding that you are a good person, it's already a, a, a fundamental thing. You know that about yourself. But when you have a goal, goals take work. You can't just wish goals into existence. You just can't wish them into existence. There has to be some groundwork there before these affirmations actually work in synergy, like in conjunction together. Okay, so... Affirmations are good, but please put in the groundwork. Your goals will just stay as dreams if you don't take any steps towards them. Now, do not confuse this with gratitude and being grateful. Being grateful is something that we should practice every day, and that has a lot of benefits. I'm not going to get into the benefits, but just being grateful of the things that you have in your day. Because of our society and obviously the Western world, and we have so many things around us that we just take for granted. So gratitude is something that we should practice every day. Just even being grateful for you know, waking up in the morning, grateful for cold water or hot water, or grateful for being able to have food in the fridge or grateful for your friend or your partner, things like that. That's like a non-negotiable that we should practice every day, which is really hard. But in terms of affirmations, put in the groundwork. And I know you can. It's just the hardest thing is taking that first step because before that first step, it's all just a dream. And that hardest step is that first step. After that, it's just one step at a time. All right, that is it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great day, night, wherever you are. And I will see you next time. By the way, this is episode number 10. Sick. We are on double digits. See you next time. Bye-bye.